Today's scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. <clears throat> now on, the same day, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, the things about Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? The same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Pray with me for a second. O almighty and gracious God who is with us this morning, as we listen to your word, 
and as we later break the bread. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you and acceptable to your sight, O Lord. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So according to my mother, and, and she brings, it, brings this up a lot, the way I played as a young child uh, was by making sounds with toys. She said, this is how I played for hours. So recently, it has been, a, it has been a quite a challenge for me to play with my three-year-old uh, daughter. She loves pretend play, and unlike me as a child, she actually uses words, uh, and there are dialogues involved. If I give her four toy cars, they become a family, mama, dada, herself, and baby. If, I, if she finds a set of rocks, they become friends at preschool. And these objects, again, talk to each other. They, and they go through a drama of life. Sometimes a setting is a playground, sometimes a doctor's office, sometimes sometimes a, a, a grocery store, and sometimes a kitchen. So whenever I struggle to keep up uh, with her pretend play, and when I just watch her, I realize that she is recalling all her life experiences and remembering all the small things she has heard, seen, and learned, whether, whether it was from us parents, the teachers, books, TV shows, or random places that we've visited as a family. In her pretend play, she is reimagining and reapplying them in, in various life scenarios through her imagination. What I'm, what I'm also learning as a new parent is, although it may sound obvious, that pretend play is great, is great for children's development. The process of pretend play builds language skills, social and emotional skills, as well as cognitive thinking skills for young children. Like many things that spurt growth, pretend play is a repetition of remembering, rehearsing, and making ready. Having fun in the present while recalling the core memories of the past, which eventually prepares a child to go out to experience something new in the future. As Pastor Spencer has said, today is the fourth and the final installment of our sermon series called Waypoints. Here at St. Stephen's, the four waypoints to guide our journey as Jesus' followers are prayers, acts of mercy, study of scripture, and worship and sacraments. I know I recently said worship, worship, is an worship as an encounter of God is a 24-7 way of living. But today I want to focus on our congregational worship as well as just one of the two sacraments of our church, communion. This corporate worship and the sacrament of Holy Communion together is called a service of word and table. 
which is what all of us are participating right now. A service of word and table has been the hallmark of the church since its very birth, as described in the book of Acts. A combination of teaching and preaching from, from synagogue worship and breaking bread as a holy meal at people's houses on the first day of the week. And the origin of this pattern goes back to the story that we just read together this morning, a story also known as the walk to Emmaus. On the day of resurrection, the two disciples were walking on the road. They were both saddened and perhaps perplexed by three things. First, their rabbi has been killed. Second, the body of their rabbi is missing. And third, the two outcomes that I just mentioned were not something they expected out of their rabbi, whom they thought was going to redeem Israel to its glory. Jesus said elsewhere, elsewhere in Matthew, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. And so to these two disciples walking on the road, the risen Jesus showed up, yet they did not recognize him. Once asked by this stranger, the disciples shared with him what was happening in their lives regarding the absence of Jesus. Once Jesus heard everything, he replied by saying, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said, which are written in the scriptures. Jesus was blunt, and he quickly proceeded to preaching and teaching, interpreting to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. And this first section becomes a basis of a service of word. After the preaching and preaching, after preaching and teaching on the road, they arrived at a village and the disciples invited the stranger to stay over at their place for the night. And so at their table, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples. And the disciples' eyes were open, recognizing the stranger as who he really was, the risen, living Jesus. And then Jesus vanished from their sight. The disciples said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Through the breaking of the bread, they not only recognized Jesus, but also made sense of preaching and teaching they heard on the road. And this second section becomes the basis of a service of table. Now there is a third section to this story, which is being sent out as witnesses. The two disciples returned to Jerusalem immediately and shared with the rest of the disciples and their companions what they had just experienced, what had happened on the road, and how Jesus had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread, proclaiming, he is risen indeed. This walk to Emmaus story 
is a blueprint of our congregational worship, what we are doing right now. And this blueprint is why each Sunday is called Little Easter. All of us have been either scattered and shattered on the road by the absence of Christ in our journeys. This is especially true when we go through hard times. My God, my God, why have, have you forsaken me? Is something we all relate to. Not only when we desperately plead for God's intervention, but also when we question God's goodness in the face of unthinkable acts of evil. We also question God's existence when our faith does not lead to our expected outcomes or when the religion, when this religion does not take us to our hopes and dreams. Our congregational worship is a space where all these scattered and shattered people on the road come together in Jesus' name. It is a waypoint in our journeys where we gather together by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And in this worship, we encounter the risen Jesus once again through a service of word and table, through preaching and teaching of the scripture and the breaking of the bread and sharing of the cup. Or more accurately, we encounter God the Father as the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to recognize the risen Christ who is within us, who is amongst us, and who is with us. And with our eyes opened and our hearts burning, we go back on the road. We go back to our journeys, witnessing what we have encountered here, proclaiming, I have seen the risen Lord. Thus, each Sunday is a little Easter, and we are Easter people. And our little Easter, our little Easter is not, is, is a lot like pretend play. Worship is not a performance separated between performers and audience. Rather, it is a dramatic play where all of us become participants. We, as one body with many members, are all part of this play called Little Easter. Whether serving, uh, whether those serving in music or media, those making sure this worship space is viable and safe, and those actively engaging from their pews or from their screens, young or old, young and old, all of us are participants of this play. The only audience of this worship is God, and if we play the role of a uh, role of an audience, then guess what? We are playing God. Worship as pretend play uses words and there are actual dialogues involved. We call them call and responses. The words we use first come from the scriptures and then weave through tradition, experience, and reason. As participants of this play, we recall stories of God's people together, beginning with the stories of Israel and the early church, and through hymns, creeds, and liturgies of the saints, and then our testimonies and prayers for one another and for our neighbors. By recalling all these stories, 
we remember God's relentless determination to be with God's people, especially with those in the margin. And by recalling these stories, we remember God's faithfulness in Jesus, who promised to be with us always through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And worship does not end in remembrance, but it leads to repentance. By recalling God's faithfulness, we turn around from personal self-centeredness to communal Christ-centeredness. Congregational worship is not about encountering, encountering Christ who lives in me according to my preference, but it is about encountering God who is with us, amongst us, and within us according to our collective story as God's people. Worship as pretend play is about, uh, about us recognizing Christ in them and letting them recognize Christ in us. This is why it is crucial for us to share our gifts as active participants of worship, because each gift comes with its unique story. This is why our sanctuary is brightly lit, so we cannot help but to see Christ in each one of, in, in, with uh, we cannot help but see those around us. This is why we share peace of Christ with one another, so we cannot help but face Christ who lives in each other. People sitting around us, regardless of how you feel about them, they are not distractions in the way of our worship, but they are windows for us to see and encounter Christ. Even then, even then our eyes are often kept from recognizing Christ who is amongst us. That is why perhaps John Wesley, founder of Methodism, recommends celebrating Holy Communion as often as possible. Through the visible symbols of bread and juice in the presence of a congregation, our eyes are open to recognize the real presence of Christ the risen Lord who is amongst us. By reminding ourselves how Jesus gave himself to all of us, and by reminding ourselves how we who are many are members of one body, we encounter the risen living Christ in our midst. And through this remembrance, repentance, and recognition, we, may, we made ready as God's people to be sent out to the world. Congregation worship is also considered a rehearsal of life because how we treat one another in, in worship is how we are expected to treat others when we go back to the world. The way we recognize Christ in one another during worship is how we are expected to live out when we go back to our journeys. What is the prayer we pray after Holy Communion? Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.
this is our response to encountering the risen Lord. And our Christ is risen indeed, is proclaimed both through word and deed as we travel our own journeys. And we all know how forgetful humans are. So this repetition of remembrance, rehearsal, and making ready is how we stay on course to maturity as God's people with our eyes opened and hearts burning. This is why Little Easter returns every week. But now I get it as a parent. Pretend play can be exhausting, especially when we are already so worn out from our journeys. Sometimes we just want to observe from a distance. Sometimes we just want to feel good about ourselves without us being seen. Sometimes we just want to make it as simple as possible so we don't have to stretch our imaginations too far and settle by going through the motions. Sometimes we just want to skip it altogether and stay in our bed. And sometimes we just want to run away from this little annoying voice asking us, will you play with me, please? And perhaps for some of us, we just have not encountered the risen Christ in this space, or it has been a very long time. To all the scattered and shattered people on their roads, I want to remind us once again of Jesus' invitation, who is not inviting us to the heaviness of organized institu institutional religion, but inviting us to the lightness of being, the freedom we find in the triune community of love and harmony. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I pray that this congregation called St. Stephen's may truly become a one body with many members where all our unique, diverse gifts shared make this space, this worshiping space, a true waypoint where all travelers can truly encounter the risen and living Christ. And lastly, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us again a childlike heart to truly enjoy this pretend play called Little Easter so that our eyes are opened and our, heart, our hearts are burning once again. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.